Hello, sweethearts. Thanks for joining me today on Love Letters 2, the daily podcast dedicated to wonderful and unexpected things. In today's episode, continuing through our month of muses and makers, we write to Nancy Mitford, author and eldest sister of the famous Mitford family. A talented novelist, biographer, and journalist, Nancy's achievements are often somewhat lost in the notoriety and fame of her siblings. Much like Jane Austen, Nancy wrote with brilliant wit and insight about the romances and class struggles of British society. She was fortunate to have the best group of muses all around her, her family. I'm Alicia Mintz. And I invite you to join me today for this love letter to Nancy Mitford, coming to you right after a brief word from our sponsors. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dear Nancy Mitford, you are the oldest in a family of famous siblings. The infamous Mitford sisters have been a source of fascination for an entire century. You and your sisters all took very different paths, even though you were all raised together in the same way. Many adjectives have been used to describe the Mitford sisters. Beautiful, bright, talented, stylish, controversial, scandalous, strong-willed, and enigmatic, just to name a few. But timeless is probably the most accurate considering the world still has an enduring interest and captivation in you and your famous sisters. Nancy, your legacy is in your writing. A prolific and talented author, you wrote several books that are still popular today and continue to be adapted for film and television. Your muses were your family. And who could blame you? The Mitford sisters have inspired many over the years, and no one knew them better than you. Your family's personalities, dynamics, and experiences were a perfect muse for you and your novels, characters, and plots. Arguably, no one could have had a more colorful and remarkable family to write about. Let's talk about each of your siblings, then we'll come back to your story, Nancy. Your sister Pamela was the second child after you. She was born in 1907, and Pamela was the most private of your siblings and she loved living in the country. She never craved the spotlight or social scene the way some of your other sisters did. Pamela was always a calm and stable member of your family, and the sisters turned to her often for support. 
Next in line was Tom, the only brother among the seven of you. He was born in 1909, attended Eton College, and was killed in action in World War II. Then came Diana, born in 1910. Diana was charming, clever, and stunningly beautiful. She became one of the bright young things and was often the center of attention. Diana married Brian Guinness, a member of the Guinness Brewing family, one of the richest families in England when she was only 18. Brian was newly graduated from Oxford, and by all accounts, he was kind, handsome, and gentle. In 1932, Diana met Sir Oswald Mosley, the handsome, charismatic, and powerful leader of the British Union of Fascists. By 1933, Diana had left her husband, Guinness, and the grandeur of her life to be Mosley's mistress, scandalizing her family and all of London's society. After the sudden death of Mosley's first wife, Diana secretly married Mosley in 1936. Their nuptials took place at the home of Joseph Goebbels and was attended by Adolf Hitler, who gave them a framed photo of himself as a wedding gift. In 1940, the British government deemed Oswald Mosley's agitation and rhetoric to be too dangerous to tolerate. He was detained in Holloway Prison less than two weeks after Winston Churchill became Prime Minister. Unbeknownst to Diana, you, Nancy, had convinced MI5 that Diana also presented a significant public danger. So Diana was also interned at Holloway Prison just 11 weeks after giving birth to her fourth son. The fifth child in the family was Unity, and if Diana sounded scandalous, she was outdone by her sister Unity. Unity Valkyrie Mitford was born in 1914, but was conceived while her parents were prospecting for gold in a small Canadian mining community named Swastika. Always an odd child, Unity was the only one of the Mitford daughters who exasperated her parents so much that she was sent away to school. Unity was eventually expelled from three different boarding schools. Unity was six feet tall and enjoyed shocking people. As a debutante, Unity would take her white pet rat, called Ratular, or her pet snake, Enid, around her neck to parties. By her teen years, Unity had started to show great interest in Hitler and Nazism. While it has been speculated that Unity's initial enthusiasm for Nazism and Hitler was just a way for her to shock those around her and to differentiate herself, it is clear that she soon was fully devoted to Hitler and the Nazi party. Diana's relationship and subsequent marriage to Mosley encouraged her interests and Unity began attending fascist and eventually Nazi rallies with the Mosleys. After attending the Nuremberg rally with the Mosleys in 1933, Unity became obsessed with Hitler. She headed to Germany in 1934 in an attempt to start a relationship with Hitler. Unity's middle name of Valkyrie, along with the knowledge that her grandfather was a close friend of Richard Wagner, who was one of Hitler's idols, appealed to all of Hitler's superstitious beliefs, and he began to believe that Unity was sent to him for good luck. Unity soon became part of Hitler's inner circle and regularly attended Nazi events. She remained close to Hitler for the next five years. As tensions across Europe increased, Unity promised that if England declared war on Germany, she would kill herself. 
On September 3, 1939, Unity went to the English Garden in Munich and shot herself in the head with a pearl-handed pistol that Hitler himself had given her. Unity survived and was hospitalized in Munich. Hitler expressed feeling responsible for her suicide attempt, visited her often in the hospital, paid her bills, and when she was well enough, arranged for her to go home. Jessica, the next Midford sister, was born in 1917. She was known as the red sheep of the family, showing her leftist political leanings early in life. In 1937, when she was 19, Jessica met and fell in love with Esmond Romilly, the nephew of Winston Churchill. The couple ran away together, and several strings were pulled to get them to return, including revoking their visas. Jessica was far along in pregnancy, and without any money, the young Romillys had few options but to return to England. Sadly, Romilly died at a young age, and Jessica lived the remainder of her life in America, working for civil rights and social justice. Jessica and her second husband were active members of the Communist Party. Finally, the youngest of the Mitford siblings was Deborah, born in 1920. Deborah had an extraordinary life and became the Duchess of Devonshire. She lived in and managed one of the largest estates in England. Deborah authored over 15 books, was an ardent conversationalist, and was appointed Dame Commander of the Royal Victorian Order for her service to the Royal Collection Trust. Deborah was 16 years younger than Nancy, so things were very different for her than they were for you. One major difference is that your parents were separated by that time, and Deborah was in her teens and all of you older siblings were out of the house, leaving Deborah to have a much lonelier time than the rest of you. You, Nancy Mitford, were born in 1904. You were always witty and had a biting sense of humor. It's possible that if you had not come from a family with such controversial and active siblings, you would have gotten more of the attention you rightfully deserved from your writing career. You were accomplished and successful in a time when it was difficult for women to have an identity apart from their marriage. Your earliest works, written out of a need to earn money, were Highland Fling, Chocolate Pudding, and Wigs on the Green. The characters in Highland Fling can all be identified as your friends and family members. Christmas Pudding's plot centers on antics of the bright young people, which you were a part of. Wigs on the Green was a satire you based on your brother-in-law Mosley's fascist movement. Some of your more well-known works are The Pursuit of Love in 1945, Love in a Cold Climate in 1949, The Blessing in 1951, and Don't Tell Alfred in 1960. Your books are known for the clever humor, societal wrangling, romantic liaisons, and scandals, but they are also known for characters based on family and friends. You have said that the characters of Uncle Matthew and Aunt Sadie in The Pursuit of Love are based exclusively on your mother and father. Your eccentric and shocking siblings gave you all the inspiration you needed for fascinating characters. As we just discussed, you had six siblings. The Radlett family in The Pursuit of Love also features six siblings, five girls, and one boy. Diana leaving her first husband inspired another character as well. Cousin Fanny's mother, who abandoned her family to run off in search of love and glamour. 
Your own tragic love life is reflected in the life of the protagonist, Linda. Jessica's story also shows up when Linda is dragged to southern France to help refugees from the Spanish Civil War. Jessica eloped in Spain with Romilly and was active in helping refugees from the Spanish Civil War. Nancy, you didn't make much of an attempt to mask your characters or storylines. The very thinly disguised accounts shocked your mother, who thought you should not be publishing under your real name. Later in your career, you pivoted to writing a regular column for the Sunday Times, as well as becoming a respected biographer, writing books about Madame de Pompadour, Voltaire, Louis XIV, and Frederick the Great. Here's to you, Nancy Mitford, one of the most successful writers of the 20th century. Your books took a shrewd and insightful look into the behaviors of the British upper class. You didn't have to look far for inspiration. You had a family full of muses, characters that were almost too incredible to be real. You took your real family drama and turned it into a clever commentary on life, families, and love. Those stories and your skilled and witty writing style have stood the test of time. Thanks for listening to this love letter to Nancy Mitford and her muses. Until we meet again, darlings, stay in love. Thanks for listening to Love Letters 2, a Hemlock Creatives production. Feel like showing some love to Love Letters 2? We'd love it if you tell a friend or leave us a kind review or even come and visit us on social media. You can find us at Instagram or Facebook at Love Letters 2 Podcast. You can also reach out and email us at loveletters2podcast at gmail.com or visit our website at loveletters2podcast.com. Until we meet again in the next episode, darlings. Stay in love.